illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing, Beach? Billy, I'm living the dream every day. Hey, how's the uh, barn? <laughs> how's the barn construction going? Uh, it's wet. It's wet, and they can't pour concrete until it dries out. Which I'm thinking, like April. Oh God! I think it's gonna be- <laughs> so I got a so I got a big pile of dirt in one corner and a big flat hunk of rock in the other that corner. Sucks. So, but it looks like I'm going places. All right, on cool. Freaking solar flares. I know, man. That's messed up. I don't understand how you could have solar flares in the middle of the night. I don't either, but, man, they screw us up all the time. Well, the purpose of Illegal Participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. All right, Beach, tonight we got a little listener feedback. We'll talk some beaver sports. Um, I think we might have an update from Eugene. We might. We'll see if the little printer over here kicks on or not. Uh, the uh, teletype machine? That's what it is, yeah. All right. We will go under further review for week number nine in the Pac-12. I have a Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week to hand out. Uh, we'll preview the week 10 games that are upcoming in the Pac-12. And uh, then we might wrap it up. Actually, I need your help with a little uh, tailgater prep. Okay. Sounds yeah. interesting. All right. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. Email me, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator, and also check out our Facebook page. All right, Beach, ready for a little listener feedback? Dude, I love listener feedback. I think you're just surprised that we have any listeners at all. I, I, I am always shocked about that fact. 
So, well, and actually, I met a couple of our listeners uh, at the last game, which was I, crazy. I, I know, and one emailed us. Yes. Mark emailed us. He said, uh, just listen to this week's podcast, and there's a 30 for 30 episode called Brian Brian and the Boz. Check it out. It's a good one. Hmm. So ESPN 30 for 30, Brian and the Boz. Okay. That was Mark Kekendall, a.k.a. C.O. Beef. Wow. Yeah, Central Oregon Beef. So there you go. Um, a listener, Doug, also emailed us. And he said, in case you didn't see this, with Conforto's RBI today, he became the first player ever to record an RBI in the Little League World Series, College World Series, and Major League Baseball World Series. He, you know, it's a shame the Mets lost because uh, he looks like he had a couple of outstanding games yeah. in the World Series. Yeah. Well, Beach, and you know what? Let's just kind of move right into some Pac-12 or some Beaver sporting news. Um, okay. Like uh, Doug emailed us, former Oregon State left fielder Michael Conforto um, was in the 2015 World Series. He's the third person ever to complete the three World Series sweep with the Little League College and Major League Baseball World Series. He's also the uh, first guy to ever have an RBI in in, in all three. He's also the um, third youngest to ever hit two home runs in a World Series game, which he did Halloween night. Albeit wow. in a losing effort. Yeah, that, that was a shame. Yeah, but uh, well, I can't. You know, I'm I, I'm not a huge Major League Baseball fan. That being said, I do you know watch out for the Beavs and look for the Beavs to to play well. But uh, and so you know, I kind of if if the Mets won, I'd be happy for Conforto. That being said, I always kind of got a soft spot for those small market uh, teams teams like that. Yeah, and, and so you know, Kansas City winning. Yeah, I don't feel too bad. Yeah, well, they said it was thirty years since they won their last one. Yeah, so you know, you gotta feel kind of good for those guys. And they built that team. They built that team with trades and draft picks and their minor league teams. So, you know, I, I like I said, they they built that team. I feel good for them. So, all right, Beach, let's move on to a little women's volleyball. Dude, I love women's volleyball. I wish it was beach related. There you go. Uh, sophomore outside hitter Mary Kate Marshall buried 25 kills on 264 hitting, and multiple Oregon State volleyball players set career highs, but the Beavers were out hit 262 to 183 and fell at Colorado in a five set heartbreaker on Friday night at the Coors Event Center. The Oregon State volleyball team fell at Utah 3 to 1 in a four set contest played at the John M. Huntsman Center on Sunday afternoon. Now, despite the loss, senior defensive specialist Darby Reeder finished the match with eight digs to put her over the 1,000 mark for her career, making her the 13th player in program history to reach that milestone. The team uh, next returns to Gill Coliseum next week for home matches against California and Stanford. The Beavs face the Golden Bears at 7 p.m. on Friday night, November 6th, and bookend the homestand with an 11 a.m. match with the Cardinal on Sunday the 8th. You know, my heart just bleeds for these girls. Because they just can't seem to get it going. Nope, which is sad because last year they had a pretty successful year. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, uh, it's just upsetting. Yeah. Because I like, you know, you know, it's funny though, it always seems like balance. Some teams do better in, and the other teams do worse, and I don't know why that always is. You can never have a consistently strong team unless, well, you're Oregon and you buy your way into wins. Uh, let's move on to women's soccer. 
The Oregon State women's soccer team led deep into the second half but fell 2-1 to in double overtime to Washington on Friday in a Pac-12 conference game at Lorenz Field. Uh, the team then suffered its second heartbreaking setback of the weekend when it fell 2-1 to to Washington State on Sunday uh, in another Pac-12 game. The Bees conclude the regular season against Oregon at 2 p.m. on Friday at Lorenz Field. The game will be televised by Pac-12 Networks and is part of the 2015-2016 Civil Wars series presented by Pacific Source Health Plans, McDonald's, Spirit Mountain Casino, and your local Ford stores. Did, did we get paid anything for that little promotional thing that you just added there? I'm hoping so. <laughs> That's why I included it. I'm hoping Is so. that what you did? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get like coupons for free Big Macs or something. That'd be awesome. That'd be kind of cool. Or or maybe like uh, a free Keno ticket at Spirit Mountain That's next say, time we like go. A free, a free spin on the big wheel? There you go. Yeah. The big wheel. Yeah, 50% off in the, uh, in the coffee shop? Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not proud. Next up is men's soccer, Beach. The men's soccer team battled number four Stanford on even terms for the first 80 minutes, but the Cardinals scored twice in the final 10 on Friday to post a 2-0 win over the Beavs in a Pac-12 conference at Lorenz Field. B- Billy, I've never scored twice in my life. <laughs> Sorry for you, Beach. Now the, uh, the men's team dominated the second half and outshot Cal 19-10 overall, but came up on the short end of a 2-1 to score on Sunday. The Beavs are now 7-7-1 seven, seven overall, 2-4-1 in the Pac-12, and resume Pac-12 action on Friday with a 2 p.m. game at UCLA. Now, remember, the Beavs upended the Bruins 1-0 in two overtimes at Lorenz Field back on October 2nd in their previous matchup this season. They then play at San Diego State at noon on November 8th. And or uh, the Beavs down the Aztecs one to nothing at Lorenz Field on October fourth. So let's hope they have another good weekend against both those teams. Yeah, playing overtimes to a tie. No, it was overtime to a win. Well, I know, but they have overtime, but you can still go to a tie. Yeah. Why? Okay. All right. Sorry. All right, Beach. Got to beat, gotta beat that dead horse a little bit. All right, Beach. Speaking of beating dead horses, we've got a little Beaver wrestling news. Sweet. The Oregon State wrestling team is ranked 19th in the preseason USA Today National Wrestling Coaches Association Division I Coaches Poll. Now, the Beavs received 57 points in the voting. They're the only Pac-12 conference team in the top 25, although Arizona State with 23 and Stanford with 2 also received votes. Now, OSU has seven wrestlers with uh, NCAA returning experience, the most in Coach Jim Zaleski's tenure tenure here at Corvallis. Now he was the Pac he was the Pac-12 2015 coach of the year and is 111 42 and 2 overall at OSU with five coach of the year awards and six Pac-12 conference championships. Now OSU will face six teams in the USA Today NWCA preseason top 25 during the regular season including number 3 Michigan, number 10 Nebraska, number 18 Rutgers, number 20 Oklahoma, number 21, West Virginia, and number 23, Northern Iowa. Future opponents, ASU, Stanford, and Central Michigan also received votes. Now, the Beavs opened the 2015-2016 campaign at 7 p.m. November 4th with the annual inter-squad match at Gill. They start the regular season at the Northeast Duels in Albany, New York, on November 15th with bouts against West Virginia, Northern Iowa, and Nebraska. 
Hey, Billy, and I always love to test your knowledge here. So we've got seven wrestlers returning. How many wrestlers are on the team? Do you know? You know what? I'm not sure. I I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Just curious. I don't know if that's a lot. I mean, I'm assuming that's a lot. Well, it's the most in, in Jim Zaleski's tenure tenure. But um, I was just curious on how much of a percentage of the team that was. I don't know. So, okay. I'm that's looking right. it up. I'll let, I'll, oh, hold on. I'm looking okay. it up right now. Okay. We should have a musical interlude. I should yeah. sing. No, let's not do that. <laughs> now, that's teams with... Um, let me see here. I, I don't know, B. It's a good question. I'm looking it up here. I don't know how many wrestlers they have on a team um wrestling is one of those fans that i've always appreciated but i don't Mm -hmm. know all the ins and outs for so here's the roster the roster has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen I'm impressed you did that without Shoot. taking your shoes off. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. So the Beavs have 29. Yeah, you're, you're a bastard. The Beavs have 29 um, uh, kids on their on their roster. Okay. So, and I don't know how many weight classes there are. Um, I can count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... Seven, eight, nine. Think about nine. Think nine. Okay. So here and here's something interesting, Beach. So I'm I'm just kind of looking down the uh, uh, the list of uh, athletes here and where they're from. Portland, Oregon, Klamath Falls, Oregon. Here's one from Wheaton, Illinois, Hood River, Oregon, okay. West Lynn, Oregon, Turner, Oregon, Hermiston, Oregon, Issaquah, Washington, Surrey, Canada, West Fargo, North Dakota, Apple Valley, California, Iowa City, Iowa, San Rafael, California, Colorado. Here's an Oregon, California, uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, North Dakota, Oregon, 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 California, Oregon, 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 Hawaii. Wow. A lot of kids from Oregon. Now, uh, the Beavs received the highest ranking in school history last season. uh, I'm reading the wrong thing. So, anyways, so that's uh, Beaver Wrestling for you, Beach. A lot of Oregon kids. Cool. A lot of Oregon kids. Well, that's awesome because that's really what the, you know, to me that's what the athletic teams are supposed to be about is taking care of your own. Yeah. You know, giving them an opportunity. I agree. So, at least, least, least a majority of. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there we go. That's pretty awesome. Right. I hope. Uh, I hope. I hope we do as well as they think we'll do. Yeah. Totally. All right, Beach. Let's move on to women's basketball. Alrighty. 
Coming off the best season in school history, the Oregon State women's basketball team will enter 2015-16, ranked number nine in the USA Today WBCA Coaches Poll, which was released last week. Now, the ranking is the Beavers' highest ever to open a season, and marks the third time in history Oregon State has been ranked in the Coaches Poll to open a campaign, the others being last year and the 95-96 year. Now, the Beavs received the highest ranking in school history last season, reaching as high as number 7 before ending the campaign at number 13. Now, Oregon State was also selected as the favorite to repeat as Pac-12 champion at Pac-12 Media Day a couple weeks ago, coming in at number 1 in the preseason coaches poll. Again, high expectations. You know, I always loved it when uh, Oregon State's ranked low for football Mm -hmm. because I'd rather be the, uh, the surprise than the letdown. Yeah. So let's hope they do well, too. I, I like I Coach Ruick, and I, I know he's a great coach. It's just uh, expectations are high. Yep. yep. And I, they, had such a, they had such a darn great season last year. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And they're some damn impressive players, and they played well as a team. So Yes, very much so. All right, Beach, on to men's basketball. Now, the veterans performed as expected, and the freshmen delivered as advertised as the black team defeated the Orange 77-54 last Wednesday night at the Damn Slam intra-squad game at Gill Coliseum. The Uh, black team? Wow, Billy. Really? Freshman black team. Freshman guard Stephen Thompson Jr. scored 18 of his game-high 28 points in the first 10 minutes to pace the victors, who led 40-20 to 20 at halftime and were never really threatened. He was 5-6 of six from deep, 9-14 of 14 overall, and made all five of his three throws in an impressive debut, albeit one without the pressure and intensity of a counting game. Now the Bees returned to action on Thursday, November 5th, with a 7 p.m. exhibition game against Western Oregon at Gill Coliseum. It will be televised by Pac-12 Networks. And I don't know if I need to remind you, Beach, but last year in their opening exhibition game against Western Oregon, the Beavs lost. So okay, let's hope they don't do that this year. Now, the Beavs open the regular season on Saturday, November 14th, which is less than two weeks away, with a home game against Northwest Christian. Now, no tip-off time has been announced, but the game will be televised by Pac-12 Networks. All righty. All right. Again, high expectations. High expectations. Hey, dude! I can't believe you called them the black team, dude. Dude, I totally hear the teletype going. I I do, too! Crazy! This, like, happens every freaking time. Yeah. Hold on, Billy. Let, let me me get this one off here. Hold on. I I get it off. I I said get it off. All right, hold on. Billy. Yes. This just in. Uh, this comes from Ryan Thorburn of the Register Guard. It says here, Oregon is airing Arizona State's dirty laundry publicly. Hold on. Just lost my... Hold on. Dang it. Oh. Paper fly out of your hand? It did. It did. It totally flew out of my hand. Oregon is airing Arizona State's dirty laundry publicly. There is a perception in the Pac-12 that Todd Graham's team steals offensive signals. Mark Helfrich let a national television audience know about it by having staff members hold up large white sheets to cover up the signals being sent from the sideline to quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. Graham said he didn't pay attention to the gamesmanship during the Ducks' 61-55 triple overtime victory over the Sun Devils. 
We got some intel on them that they were diligently working to steal signals and give the defensive play caller run pass. That puts, uh, that puts you at a huge disadvantage, offensive coordinator Scott Frost said Monday. If we think we need to use those sheets, we'll use them. I don't think everybody is like the team we just played. In a completely unrelated note, the pot called the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, completely yeah. unrelated note there, huh? And and I'd I'd like to say uh, like a one-two punch. We knocked out the cheaters and whores in that episode right there too. Pretty much, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad the Ducks are making sure other teams aren't cheating. Exactly. And so they Good got thing. they they got some intel. Is that what it said? It said there they got some intel that uh, the uh, Arizona State was diligently working to steal signals. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. Good, good thing they are so above board and stand up for what is righteous and genuine and true and all things good. Yeah. They are like the Superman of, of college football in I'm, their eyes. I'm glad they're, uh, you know, real men of integrity down there. Yes. That's what we need in, in college football, especially from the Ducks. Yes. You know, blazing the way, showing everyone else how it should be done with integrity. Class. Class and dignity. Wow. Jeez, what a bunch of jackasses. All right, Beach. <laughs> you ready to go under further review for week number nine in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Let's go under the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the sheets? Yeah, I don't want to know what you're right. under the sheet, Beach. Okay, so up first here. With a flashlight in a magazine. There you go. I'll get up, <laughs> I'll get up the, uh, the, uh, our, our list of how we were doing. As of last week, it stood at – is that the most updated one? Yeah. You were in the lead by one game okay. at 37 out of 56. And Kyle and I were tied at 36 out of 56. Okay. And so uh, up first last week, we had a game on Thursday, October 29th. We had the Duckies at Arizona State. You remember who you picked? I took the Ducks. Uh, yes, you did. Not not because I like them, but because I thought they'd win. It, it's business. It isn't what you want. It, yeah, it's it, what total, you total business. Business. So, uh, and Kyle and I both took Arizona State. Now, Oregon running back Braylon Addison scored on a 20-yard pass in the third overtime on a play upheld by review, and Arian Springs intercepted Mike Bercovici's pass in the end zone, lifting Oregon to a wild 61-55 to win over Arizona State Thursday night. Now, Addison appeared to touch the back line on his TD catch, but one view of the play was blocked by a camera. On the sidelines, so like one of the guys had a camera. And mm-hmm. the officials upheld the original call upon further review. Now, after Oregon failed on the mandatory two-point conversion, Spring sealed it with an interception, sending the Ducks racing onto the field. Now, Oregon had 501 total yards and needed another big play just to get into overtime. Dwayne Stanford pulled it off, granting Vernon Adams' fourth down desperation pass for an eight-yard touchdown, despite being run into by teammate Johnny Munt. Now, did you see the end of that game, Beach? 
I did not, Billy. So, yeah, I mean, Adams was running for his life and just heaved it in the back of the end zone, and his guy caught it with, with no time left. Wow. It was, it was ridiculous, yeah. It was ridiculous. Now, Charles Nelson also had a 100-yard kickoff return for the Ducks, and Adams threw for 315 yards and four TDs. Royce Freeman added 120, 112 yards and two touchdowns, one in the second overtime, in Oregon's ninth straight win over Arizona State. Well, I got the point, but I'm disappointed still in the outcome of the game. I, you know, Arizona State scored a, uh, a first down late in that game where Berkovici basically threaded a pass to the guy, and they got a first down. And there was right around two minutes to go. And I was thinking, okay, now you guys need to run the ball. Oregon still had uh, one, maybe two timeouts left at the time. And And Arizona State needed to run the ball. They needed to get the clock, keep the clock moving, and they Mm -hmm. needed to make Oregon burn that timeout. And Arizona State had been running the ball right down Oregon's throat. I mean, we're talking picking up six, seven, eight yards a crack. And what do they do do first play? Throw the ball, it's picked off, and I was just like, you know, damn it, Arizona State, you're losing this sucker now. And sure enough, enough they did. Yeah. Anyways, so Beej, you get the point on that one. Kyle and I do not. Next up was all the games were on Saturday, October 1st. And first up was USC. Um, sorry, Cal at USC. I think, God, this one I can't remember who I took. I want to say I might have taken USC. Um, actually, all three of us took Cal. Oh, Okay. Now, Adoree Jackson returned an interception 46 yards for a TD, and Ronald Jones ran for 80 yards in a score to lead USC to its 12th straight win against Cal, 27-21 on Saturday. Now, Trey Madden also had a touchdown run on a key third-down conversion that helped run out the clock for the Trojans. Kessler completed 18 of 22 passes, but only threw for 186 yards while missing star receiver Juju Smith-Schuster for much of the game with a broken bone in his hand. Now, Jared, don't call me Jack Goff, threw the interception that put the Golden Bears in a 17-point hole in the third quarter and sent Cal to a third straight loss. They're just tanked. Yeah, they're not doing well. Goff threw for 272 yards and two TDs, but was intercepted twice as the Bears are still searching for that elusive six win that will make them eligible for a bowl for the first time since 2011. So, Beej, um, none of us... So is is Jute... Is Juju out for a couple more games with a broken bone in his hand, or what are they going to do? I, from what I understand, they put some kind of cast on his hand of some sort, or braced or mm-hmm. something, and he was able to play. Um, I don't know what kind of limited motion that gives him, you know, when he's trying to catch the ball. Uh, yeah. It might just be where he has to play with some some pain in that hand. I don't know. Hmm. So we all lost that one. Well, everybody lost that one. Okay, Beach. Up next was Colorado at UCLA. Pretty sure I took UCLA on this one. Yes, you and I both did. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle went with Colorado. Now, Colorado ran 114 plays and held the ball for more than 41 minutes, while the latest waves of injuries washed over number 24 UCLA's already battered defense. 
Now, Soso Jamabo rushed for the go-ahead touchdown with 8.28 to play, and UCLA blew an 18-point lead before escaping the Rose Bowl with a 35-31 victory Saturday. Now, Josh Chosen Rosen passed for 262 yards and a TD for the Bruins, who avoided an embarrassing loss despite giving up 18 consecutive points in the second half and yielding 554 total yards to the Buffaloes, who haven't beaten a ranked team on the road since 2002. Now, the Buffs dominated time of possession to an extraordinary degree, forcing UCLA's depleted defense to stay on the field for 55 more snaps than its Colorado counterpart. The, Crazy. The Bruins bent repeatedly, but stood up straight late. Now, Patrick Carr rushed for 110 yards, and his TD run put Colorado ahead with 12-04 to play. But the Bruins answered with Jamabo's score before stopping the Buffaloes twice in UCLA territory on an 88-degree Halloween day in Arroyo Seco. Hey, uh, Billy, you said that uh, the latest wave of injuries washed over. Did they lose any more people? Yeah, they got beat up even more. Really? Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of good for us. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> I mean, I guess. You know. Well, I, I'd rather injuries are part of the game. Injuries, injuries are part of the game, and if is. they're coming in weak, it's it's good for us. Yeah. Totally. So. All right, Beach. So you and I picked up the point on that one. Nothing for Kyle. Up next, Stanford at Washington State. Pretty sure I took Stanford on this one. All three of us did. Now, did you watch this game Saturday night? No, but it sounds like it was a nail-biter. It was. Now, Washington State kicker Eric Powell made his first five field goals Saturday night. But the Cougs needed one more, though, and he didn't have it. Powell missed wide right on a 43-yarder as time expired, allowing Stanford to escape with a 30-28 win on a day Powell tied Drew Dunning's 2003 school record with five makes despite rainy, windy conditions. Now, I don't know if I can say this guy's name. Conrad Ukropina kicked a 19-yard field goal with 154 left to put Stanford ahead. Now, Stanford QB Kevin Hogan ran for 112 yards and two TDs for Stanford, which is the only undefeated team in Pac-12 play. Now, he completed just 10 of 19 passes for 86 yards, but he ran 14 times, including a 59-yard TD run, and even outrushed teammate Christian McCaffrey, who finished with 170 yard, 107 yards rushing to go over 1,000 for the season. Now, Washington State quarterback Luke Falk completed 35 of 61 passes for 354 yards and two touchdowns, along with two interceptions. I thought Stanford lost a Pac-12 game. No, they lost their first game of the season to Northwestern. Okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I, I knew there was something that made me feel that they were weaker this year. So that they just lost that first game. And they that's just lost that. that first game, correct. Okay. All right, so we all got a win on that one. Next, Barely. Up, yeah, next up was Arizona at Washington. I think I took Washington on this one. You did. Kyle and I took both took Arizona, which was good for you. Led by the return of quarterback Jake Browning, the Huskies put together their most complete performance of the season in a 49-3 route of Arizona on Saturday night. Now, Browning, wow. Browning became the fifth Washington quarterback, joining Jake Locker, Keith Price, Brock Heward, and Cody Pickett in the last 20 seasons to pass for four TDs in a game and added a fifth TD on a 12-yard run, leading the Huskies to their most lopsided conference victory since a 59-7 win over Colorado in 2013. 
Now, after sitting out last week against Stanford with a shoulder injury, Browning was nearly flawless, throwing three first-half TDs as the Huskies built a 21-3 lead. Now, Browning added a 31-TD strike to Dante Pettis on the opening possession of the second half and capped his night with his first career touchdown rushing to give the Huskies a 35-3 lead. Just as impressive as Browning's efficiency was the Huskies' defense, holding Arizona to its fewest points since being shut out at Oregon in 2012. The Wildcats were averaging nearly 42 points a game, but Washington forced four turnovers and sacked Arizona quarterbacks three times. Hmm. So, you got that one there. Better believe I did, Buster. <laughs> and up last beach was Oregon State at Utah. Pretty sure we all took the beeves on this one. Yeah, we, we all thought we had a winner there. Now, we U- did. Utah led 14 and nothing after its first two possessions. Um, and it looked like they were going to cruise from there, but they kind of had to hold on. Running back Devontae Booker rushed for 121 yards and a TD, and Travis Wilson completed 14 of 17 passes for 198 yards and a TD and ran for 56 yards and a score. Now, Wilson broke the Utah record for starts by a QB with 34 and tied Alex Smith for second place in school history with 21 wins as a starter. Now, Utah ran 12 consecutive times on the opening drive of the game to put Oregon State in an early hole. Booker carried nine times for 44 yards, including a one-yard touchdown run to end the drive. The drive lasted 6.52 and made the Beavers look woefully unprepared. Now, things didn't get any better for Oregon State's offense, and they quickly punted. Booker opened the next possession with a 14-yard run, but the Utes eventually discovered the forward pass, and Wilson hit tight end Harris Hanley for a 39-yard TD strike down the left sideline that on a drive that went 90 yards in five plays. Now, the route seemed to be on with the Utes up 14 to nothing with less than 12 minutes into the game. But the Oregon State defense found its legs and pitched a second-quarter shutout. The Beavs' offense, however, never really completely got going. Two second-quarter drives netted just field goals, but Oregon State did manage um, 312 yards for the game uh, although 58 of it came on its final drive of the night. Now, the Beavs had entered the game averaging 342 yards a game. Now, Oregon State was without starting quarterback Seth Collins, who didn't make the trip after injuring his knee last Thursday. That left freshman Nick Mitchell to make his first true career start at quarterback. He technically started alongside Collins last week for a trick play on their first offensive play of the game. Now, Mitchell threw for 204 yards and a touchdown, and Victor Bolden had 45 yards rushing and 34 receiving yards and a touchdown. Now, I tell you what, I was... I was impressed with how that defense played in the, after those first two drives. They mm-hmm. really started stopping a pretty good offense. Um, you know, an offense that hung, what, 60-some-odd points on Oregon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they started they started shutting them down. You know, I've also been really impressed this, this year with Oregon State's pass blocking. I think they only gave up one sack against Utah on Saturday. Which is impressive because Utah's front seven are pretty damn good. They harassed the hell out of Oregon's quarterbacks. Hmm. And Beavs only gave up one sack. You, you know, the one thing that I've noticed, and I haven't been able to watch all the away games just because of my schedule, mm-hmm. but it sounds like from what I've seen and what I've heard that even when they're down, Oregon State doesn't quit. I 
I like the way they battled. They yeah, I mean, the, and I, you, you know, I just I remember games in the past where it seems like we would give up. You know, like we mm-hmm. felt it was out of our grasp. And even when it has been, the team doesn't look like they give up. No, and like I said, I, I kept seeing improvement. So I I want to see them win a Pac-12 game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible. Yeah. I really do. I'd like so. to see them win uh, two. Well, right I now, can, I just... I, I, I think uh, they can win two. I think they can win two of their next three. I just want to see them beat uh, UCLA this week. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right, Beach. So after week nine... You are in first place with 41 out of 62. I am in second place with 38 out of 62. And Kyle went a whole one for six last week and is now 37 out of 62. Wow. The guy who knows the least is doing the best. That's scary. Yeah. All right, Beach. So uh, let's talk about where the Pac-12 teams sit in the polls right now. In the Associated Press poll, Stanford is at number nine, meaning they went down a, a spot in the polls, which kind of okay. kind of pisses me off. But they, it's because they didn't perform as well as they should have. I don't care. They won. Uh huh. They won. It doesn't both, matter what your GP. It doesn't matter what your GPA is, as well, long as you got a W. First of all, it was GPA. They'd probably kick everybody's ass. That's and, true. And, <laughs> and secondly, secondly, they won, and that's what you know. Was it close? Yeah, but Washington State hasn't been a bad team. No. So, um, you, surprisingly, so yeah, I, I, I'm shocked. Um, although I have to say, I was really impressed with Washington State's defense in that game. They really kind of bottled up Stanford for the most part. Hmm. Yeah, so um, Utah came in at number 13. UCLA is up to number 22. And USC, Cal, and Washington State are all in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford stayed at number 8. Utah is at 14. UCLA at 22. And USC, Oregon, and Washington State are in the others receiving votes category. Now, Beach, this week will be the first uh, playoff rankings that will come out. Okay. So we'll see where that uh, group of experts put everybody. So we'll have that to report on next week. All righty. Okay. All right, Beach. Up next is our Tommy Tuberville. What do you think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Now every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, Beach. If you can see there on the outline I sent you, there is a link. I love links, Billy. It's it's like the best part. So you can click on that link, and there should be a video clip there. It's – oh, said I had internet problems. Now it doesn't – now it says they're not there. It's coming up. That's what she said. All right. um, Go ahead and click on that link. And as you can see, it is the Notre Dame Temple game last weekend. And that should be a a uh, shot of the Notre Dame sideline. It's not uh, downloading the picture. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go discuss it. So last week, Notre Dame escaped its visit to Temple with its college football playoff hopes intact. But the Owls made things awfully tense for a while, including on the fighting Irish sideline. Now, after the game... Irish head coach Brian Kelly, who has been a recipient of a past Jackass of the Week award, was asked about an incident in which he was spotted forcibly pushing assistant strength and conditioning coach David Grimes away from the field by his shirt collar. 
Kelly said following the game that he didn't want Grimes to continue what appeared to be a string of comments directed at an official. Kelly said, quote, David was going to get us a 15-yard penalty, and so I had to control the sideline. He later explained, quote, I wasn't going to let that happen. He got a little too close, and I backed him up out of the way to make sure he didn't. we didn't get a 15-yard penalty, end quote. So, Beach, have you seen the link there? Now I've now opened it up on Chrome, and it's doing better. Okay. So, what? You'll see him. Yeah, he gums, he grabs him by the collar. Yeah. And yeah. he was notably pissed. Yeah. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to be pissed. But I don't think you treat a grown man like that. No, no. The one guy kind of got in his way and... and uh, yeah, but I mean, Kelly was going after the guy. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But and the I, other coach stood there and tried to just, you know, kind of separate. Mm-hmm. Put his hand out, said, hey, you know... Wow, what a jackass. Yeah, completely. And I just, you know, he's sitting there going, well, I was just trying to get him out of the way. I can see going over and yelling at he the wasn't guy. Control- but he wasn't controlling the sideline. He was just exacerbating the issue. He was just jerking the guy out of there. Yeah. He was pushing him around, you know. And to me, it's just like that's not how you treat people. I, no. You need to go over there and yell at the guy because – and I understand what he's saying. I, I remember <laughs> – this goes back to a Pop Warner football game for me. We got a 15-yard penalty in the game that probably ultimately ended up, ended up costing us the game because it came on a uh, on a play that gave the other team a first down where they went end up going down scoring and and winning the game. But we got a penalty on a fan, a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on a fan who happened to be a coach for one of the other teams that was you know we went to Glencoe Community Football. Yeah. He was a coach on one of the other Glencoe Community Football teams. Uh-huh. And he was just there watching the game and they they penalized us for what he was saying to them. How can a how can a team be responsible for a fan? Well, I guess because he was in stuff that was related to us. You know, he had our gear on saying Glencoe football. But yeah, and so I can understand why Kelly doesn't want one of his coaches to especially the strength and conditioning coach. Dude, shut up. Right? Be glad you're even there. <laughs> you know, you're the strength and yeah. conditioning coach. You have really nothing in game here. What's going on? So well, it's sh- funny. Even even the player grabbed uh, grabbed him and pulled him away. Yeah. But there there was another coach that was trying to deflect the situation. Yeah. And Kelly just comes in and busts and everything up. Exactly. The other coach was in there trying to yeah. tell the other coach that, hey, dude, you need to shut yeah. up and back away. And, and like I said, I can understand that. But Kelly just like lost his crap. And goes oh. running in there, pushes on him, and yells. And I just you don't treat people like that. No. So Coach Brian Kelly of the aptly aptly named Fighting Irish, this week's Jackass of the Week award. <laughs> is for you. All right, Beach. It's uh time to listen to a little Guns N' Roses right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, with it being the eleventh month, the eleventh month of the year, um, and with the conditions we look like we will be facing on Saturday, I figured it was time for a little Guns N' Roses November Rain. What do you think? Sounds good, Billy. All right. So up next, the Guns N' Roses ballad, November Rain. 
Beej, still love that song. I've got some interesting facts here on this one, Billy. Do you? I do. I do. Oh, cool. Go ahead. So, so uh, Power Ballad, yes. uh, written by Axl Rose, not by the whole band, but Axl gets the credit for the whole song. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I read in their auto or read in Slash's autobiography that he said that was a song Axl was working on all forever. Yeah, and actually, here's here's what it says. Okay. According to Tracy Guns, former L.A. Guns guitarist and founding member. Yeah, oh, Rose that's where been, Guns and Roses came from. Yeah, that's where, yeah, where the, the Guns portion of it, because the other one was Hollywood Rose. Yep. Um, he said uh, Rose had been working on the song since at least 1983. Uh, in an interview, he said about uh, November Rain, he said, when we were doing the EP for L.A. Guns, like 83, he was playing November Rain, and it was called November Rain, you know, on piano. The guitar solo was amazing. Way back then, it was the only thing he knew how to play, but it was his. He'd go, someday this song is going to be really cool. And I'd go, it's cool now, but it's not done. Uh, anyway, uh, kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it was such a – because it really was I, – I always felt it was his uh, – what would you call it? His opus? Yeah. You know, kind of like um, uh, Aerosmith, uh, Steven Tyler's um, – help me, Billy. Uh, what's Steven Tyler's – song um all these lines in my face getting clearer uh you know that song um uh Uh, shoot you uh hold all these uh Uh, i can't believe i'm having a i'm just gonna go to my uh, I, I'm I'm I can't I'm going through uh, Dream On. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, yes, Where yes, the yes. hell were you, Billy? Where were you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh dang it! Making me look like a damn moron. <laughs> I didn't have to do hard, try hard to do that. Well, you know, but it, it, that was that was because uh, Steven Tyler had the same thing. He was working on that song forever too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which so which when he recorded it, he tried to sing it. If you ever listen to that whole album, uh huh, he's trying to. Sing like he thought people should sing, not like oh, how yeah. he sings. Yeah, that's why I like that song much better in concert. Actually, the best version of "Dream On" was from the uh, MTV 10th anniversary. Do you remember that show? Uh, God, that's been so long. I can't. They, remember, they I had remember. they had the full orchestral background, and he came riding out on the piano. Yes, flying yes. out and that landed. The great version of the song. The at the MTV 10th anniversary. Now, do you know who was the headline performer at the MTV 20th anniversary? That would have been uh, – Nobody because they didn't have a 20th anniversary because by that time, the average age of a viewer of MTV was 17. So they didn't want to make themselves feel old. Exactly. That's why MTV sucks. Yes, they do. They don't even play videos anymore. I don't even know why they call themselves MTV. It's just crap. Exactly. All right. Once they got rid of once they got rid of Tabitha Soren and uh, Kurt Loder. And, um, yeah, and, and Martha. Uh, what's her face? Martha Quinn. Yeah, Martha Quinn. It all went to hell. It all Absolutely. went to and, and and when Headbangers Ball went away. I missed the ball. Now, yeah. if if you ever listen to uh, another completely side note, if you ever listen to um, XM Radio. Mm-hmm. And the eighties, the eighties on eight. You ever listen to that I, station? I, I do listen to that station on and occasion. And so you know, all the original VJs from MTV are DJs on XM uh, eight. 
I am aware of that, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I do get a chance to listen to Martha Stewart. And the one gal Martha who sounds Quinn, like, Beach, Martha oh, sorry, Quinn. Martha, yeah, Martha, Martha Quinn. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, Stewart different. <laughs> there we go. Well, Kirk what is Kirk Stewart though? Kirk No, Kurt Loder. Kurt, Kurt Loder. Well who's Kurt Loder was the news guy. Okay. And there was Nina uh, Hartley. Martha She's Quinn. the one that sounds like she's still smoking too many cigarettes oh, every yeah. day. Alan Stewart. Alan Stewart. See, I knew there was a Stewart, damn it. Uh it's like a hybrid version is what I'm doing. Yeah, hybrid. there was there was it's uh, fusion. Mark, Mark Goodman. It's fusion. Mark Goodman. Yep, he had the big hair. Yeah, and the last, the last one, well, because he's got that he's got that uh, Jewish afro going on. And oh, the, is that what he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and the last one was kind of like uh, Seth Rogen, that big old fro if he doesn't take control of it, um, gotcha. which I'm kind of jealous of because I can't grow any kind of hair. But anyways, um, at least not on my head. But anyways, uh, 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 the other one was oh, what was his name? He's the one that passed away. Ooh, the black guy. Yeah, 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 but I can't remember his name. Alan Jackson. Yeah, that, I think that's right. I don't remember, but anyways, yeah, he 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 passed away. So I think he had cancer, but everybody else is still. And if you listen to the '90s on Nine, you can hear uh, Downtown Julie Brown. Wubba wubba. I I've, I've, I catch her on there too. Huh? Uh, it says here Slash states in his autobiography that an 18 minute version of November Rain was recorded at a session with guitarist Manny Charlton of the rock band Nazareth in 1986 before the recording sessions for Appetite for Destruction began. Oh really? According to a story told to the audience during the 2000 leg of the Chinese Democracy tour, none of the other band members had wanted to partake in the production of the song or the other notable ballad, Estranged. Slash and McKagan were particularly opposed to the drift to symphonic, ba- symphonic ballads and felt their choice of more direct rock songs were being overlooked by Rose. However, Rose talked them into it over discussions at Can-Am Studios, where some of the album was recorded and mixed. It should be noted that claims of such harsh musical differences were specifically disputed by Slash in his autobiography. Slash yeah. has said that the solo he played in the album version of the song it is unclear which, was the same solo he played to the song when he heard it for the first time. Yeah. So They're both good songs. But it always makes you wonder, what the hell's up with the videos? They are strange videos. And supposedly they're all connected, too. Mm-hmm. Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged are supposedly all, all uh, connected. Yeah, portrays Rose marrying his then-girlfriend Stephanie Seymour intercut with a live performance in a theater. Particularly, it can be noted for its large budget. It cost a million dollars to make that video. Yeah, it's a cool video. All right, Beach, let's, let's get off of uh, Guns N' Roses and on to week number 11 in the Pac-12. All righty, week number 11. All right, so um, I've got Kyle's picks. I have us ready to go here. Let me get the new page. Beach. Kyle. And Bill. Okay. So, Beach, first up, all the games are on Saturday, November 7th. First up is Stanford, number nine Stanford at Colorado. I'm thinking Stanford's going to have their way with Colorado. So, Beach is taking Stanford. All right. Kyle emailed me and he said, that was a wild week. I kind of wish the Cougs had won, so I could have went 0 for 6. My selections, my sexy selections last week didn't work. This week, I am asking my two and four year old to a win and why. So he said for Stanford versus Colorado. I, I have an objection because he's getting help and I don't get any help. Just calling a point of order. 
you can get help. There's no, there was nothing ever said that you can't get help. I don't have anybody here to ask. Help me. All right, Beach. responding, Billy. All right, Beach. Northern Command Post is empty other than me. Do you hear the echoes? Yes, I do. Echo, echo, echo. Yeah. All right, Beach. First up, uh, Kyle said in Stanford versus Colorado, he said, a tree, because you can climb up them and get eggs. Stanford. I didn't know trees had eggs. Well, I think his, I think his daughters were saying that uh, there's a bird nest up there. You can get eggs. Okay, okay. They're two and four years old, dude. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right, so, and I, too, am taking Stanford. Next up, Arizona State at Washington State. Ah. Cheaters and whores. Hmm. You know what? I think... uh, I think the Sun Devils are going to be trying too hard to warm up their nipples up in Washington, up in Pullman, to be able to catch a ball. So you're taking Wazoo. So, yeah, I'm, really? I'm. I'm. I'm thinking Arizona State. They're 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 going to be chafing extremely badly, and they won't be able to catch a ball. Okay. Because their other ones will be sucked up too far inside of them. All right. Uh, Kyle said Cougars because they are silly. So I guess cougars are silly. I didn't know cougars were silly. Um, I, too, am taking Washington State. Why do you always act as when I say the team, you're like, really now? I, Shocking me. Because I didn't think what? that's who you'd take. All right, up what? next. What a jerk. Okay, up, go ahead. Up, up next, number 13, Utah at Washington. And the silence is deafening. I know, isn't it? Uh, so Utah should win, but I think Washington's going to call some favors in with the refs, and they're going to be able to win this one. That That's my gut instinct. You're taking the dogs, huh? I, I just have this feeling that they're going to have a couple of very important calls made that are going to keep them in this game. Okay, I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, Kyle says, Native American mascots are a little hard to explain. The two-year-old thinks red-tailed hawks are her friend, but huskies are cute. Utah. I don't exactly understand how that works out, but for a four-year-old, it does. So he takes Utah. I, too, am taking Utah. Okay. I've got some points to spare, so I'm okay with that. (laughs) Up next, Beach, Cal at Oregon. You know, these are some tough ones here. Uh-huh. But, Cal, but Cal's been on the skids lately. Yep. But Oregon yeah. sucks. Big old skid mark in their shorts. Exactly. Uh-huh. But Oregon sucks. Oregon is a skid mark. <laughs> so is the skid mark in the end? He's going to win the skid mark on the field. Uh, who knows? Um, I'm going to go with Cal. You're going with Cal? I think so. Okay. Oregon hasn't been winning at home as as successfully this year. Even though Cal's been on a on a, a skid, I I just don't think Oregon's got it. Yeah, Cal. Okay. All right. 
Um, Kyle said, uh, the duck goes quack, but golden bears eat honey. Cal wins. Their logic is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, too, am taking Cal. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> All right, Beach. we got two games left. First up, Arizona at USC. Oh, I think the Trojans are going to win this one. Okay. The men of Troy. All right. So he just taking the men of Troy. Kyle says, explaining the Trojan War is proving to be difficult. Arizona wins. I, too, am taking SC. And <laughs> shut up, Beach. Last game, number 22, UCLA at Oregon State. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. Mm-hmm. Going to go with Oregon State. I think, I, honestly, I think we're going to kick their asses because I think Ukla's only going to have three men on the line. They're pretty beat up. Um, Kyle says, Beavers, because we like them. And I, too, am taking Oregon State. Beach, Again, who can dispute that logic? Beach, this reminds me of the 1999 season. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I just remember there was a great civil war that year. Wasn't that the great civil war? No, you're thinking of 98. Oh, sorry. Going back a little too far. 99, the Beavs went to their, broke the losing streak record and went to a bowl game that year. But mm-hmm. early in the season, the Beavs played home against Washington early in October. Mm-hmm. Second Saturday in October, I believe. Mm-hmm. And literally got crushed by Washington. Couldn't do a damn thing right. You know, they'd complete mm-hmm. a nice pass and they'd fumble it. And it just, I mean, they ended up losing, I don't know, 40-something. It was 21 to nothing partway through the third first quarter. And they ended up losing 40-something to seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of down on the beefs. The next week, they played at home against UCLA. Final score of that game was 55-7. to seven. Oregon State. Everything went right for the beefs that week. I think we're looking for another... Everything going right for the Beavs this week. Hmm. I really do. They're they're so close to putting it together offensively. Yeah. And defensively, yeah. they've been playing pretty solid. So I'm I'm taking the Beavs. Alrighty. I, I like I like your logic there. I like I like I like Kyle's kids' logic. Mm-hmm. And I like your logic. Okay. Um and we'll just have to see how it plays out. You've got what a Three-point lead over me and a four-point lead over Kyle. I might have to take some alternate picks just to try and catch up to you. Of course, it could bite me in the butt. So. I, didn't I do that last year and end up costing me? Yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, now uh, I need your help a little bit. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about the upcoming tailgater this weekend against UCLA. Okay. All right. And we need to talk about exactly what kind of food we're going to be doing. Okay. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. Now, first up, we have a 1.30 kickoff. I know. Which means we will be tearing down by 12.30. We, yes. We also have, it looks like, a rather wet day. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Rather wet, wet day. So we got to be ready for that. Um, 
But it's great when you're with a woman, but it's not so good when you're tailgating. Exactly. Okay, Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> so for the UCLA game, we, we, not really a lot of foods scream UCLA, right? Or LA. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're gonna decide to do Disneyland food. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first up, I figured for our main dish, we would do the banyan beef which mm-hmm. is the skewers from the Bengal barbecue over in Adventureland. Um, I'm not going to do skewers. We're just going to cook up the beef and uh, hit it with a little bit of the banyan beef uh, sauce and put it in the uh, chafing dishes so people can dish up what they want. Okay. Uh, but, but By the way, let me interrupt here. Okay. Uh, as of our recording, uh, Corvallis's weather is scheduled to be around 55 degrees, mm-hmm. precipitation of 60%. Oi. Humidity, 91%. Oy. And wind of 6 miles per hour. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, high of 55, uh, low of 44. So it's going to be damn wet. And that's at this point. Now, it does show Friday being a dry day. And also, um, yeah, it says uh, Tuesday, Wednesday dry, Thursday rain. Thursday's rain. Saturday looks more like, driz- you know, Drizzle. showers. Yeah. yeah, it's showers. So we'll see. But that's why we have tents. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. So we're going to do the right. Banyan beef from the Bengal barbecue. Okay. I also figured we'd do some Countdown Chicken Fusilli. Okay. From Red Rocket's Pizza Port over in Tomorrowland. Okay. Which is the Fusilli pasta with the kind of Alfredo pesto sauce mm-hmm. and the roasted or grilled chicken and sun-dried tomatoes. Alrighty. So what I was going to do was make four big pans of that, mm-hmm. like we did with the uh, macaroni the mac and cheese. cheese last year. Yeah, and we can yeah. bake we can bake those on the uh, Traeger. Hard to believe that was a year ago we did that mac I and cheese. Know. I know. So we'll do that. Um, I also figured we'd do some safari skewers from the Bengal barbecue, which is the bacon wrapped asparagus. Okay, sound good. And I was so- I was going to actually do skewers on those so we can grill them up and and throw them in the. Uh, in the uh, chafing dish. Sound good? Sounds peachy keen, Billy. So we're going to have beef. I'm, I'm excited for this plan. We're gonna have I, beef, I'm happy to be a part of it. Beef, pasta, and bacon-wrapped skewers. Okay. And then all your deep-fried crap. Okay, I love deep-fried crap. No. Billy, are we going to bring the pickles out because we had such a pickle fiasco? I will bring some more pickles out. Now, okay. I, I, was, I don't know, should I do a veggie tray? We don't have a lot of time. No. And I think we got enough food to cover, but we're going to start cooking relatively early, are we not? I believe so. So it's not like we need a warm-up for the people who get there early. No, and I figured that could be all your deep-fried crap. That's exactly right. I will make up some ranch. Okay. And I'll bring some potato chips just so there's something there in case somebody wants like chips. Yeah. Uh, but I'll make up some ranch because you know people might want ranch for their deep-fried crap too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then I figured for dessert, we could do some churros. I'm excited for these churros, Billy. Yeah, we'll do some churros. And then I was also thinking about maybe doing a little bit of cocktail, um, maybe the Disneyland mint julep. Okay, but that's non-alcoholic, correct? Yes, but we could have some rum there to add to it. Okay. But I haven't decided on that yet completely. Is it so, rum that they use for mint julep? Oh, actually, it would be uh, it would be bourbon. Sorry, bourbon. Okay, you're right, bourbon. So I'm kind of eh, I might just make a mint julep and have it there. Okay. So, anyways, 
All right. Does that sound good to you? Sounds awesome, Billy. Anything you would like to add to this tailgater? Ooh, you know what? I have to give a shout out. My friend Lisa is joining me. She says she told me last night. She's like, mention that you're bringing some hot, sexy bitch with you to the game. Oh, so nice. I'm bringing a hot, sexy bitch with me to the game. Now, of course, she's married, but uh, she's is always this, wanted to go to a. Is this Lisa? Lisa? No, this is Lisa Trump. Okay. Uh, she just actually got married early part of October. Oh, cool. So, but she uh, she's always wanted to go to Tailgater, so she invited herself to join me, which is more than fine. And uh, she, I, my my gay, this is so my favorite thing is on on anybody who says I want to come to a Tailgater. I'm like, well, do you want me to pick you up? And they're like, yes. And I said, okay, I'll pick you up around four fifteen, four thirty. And they're like, and they're like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah. Yep. And that's the filter, and you wouldn't believe how many girls turned me down. But Lisa <laughs> said, "But Lisa says that's fine." So right, she's game, it. which is pretty awesome. Right on. So. Um, and actually, Jess has a friend flying in from Vegas to go to the tailgater. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Alicia's going to be here. Cool. She went is she coming the- in just for the tailgater? Is that honestly what she's coming for? Yeah, tailgater in the game. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. So it looks like we're going to have a full house sitting up there with us. Yes. Yeah. All the tickets will get used. Cool. So anyways. All right. Um, so and we don't have a cheaters and horrors this week because we kind of took care of that with the update from Eugene, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And now next week, are you going to report back on the Tony Mandrich? That, that, well, thanks for ruining it for next week, Billy. Just give it up for everybody. Well, you couldn't remember until I reminded you. I know, I know, it's bad. But, but we, we talked anyway. about that last week when we were talking about the boss and just truly draft busts. It was kind of a horror for taking the money and getting out. But uh, the biggest one might be Tony Mandridge, so you can talk about him next week. Yes, we will do that. All right. All right, Beach. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 68 of A Look of Participation. If you'd like to ask a comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. Email heinertailgator gmail.com. I can be found on Twitter. Just search for at Heinrich Tailgater. Also, Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. Remember, you can also listen to us on your iPhone and Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. I'm also going to try to get us included in the new Google Play podcast store. That they're setting Ooh, so That's fancy. We have to get approved for that. All right, Beach, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Billy. Always, Always a pleasure. Always, Beach. And next week we'll be back for show number 69. 69. I was waiting for you to do that. And we'll have a little more uh, irreverent fun like we did this week. And until then, let's just end it with a great big Go Beeves. Yo!
Sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Ready? Dude, can you pound that keyboard any louder? You can hear yes, that? Yes, I can. Freaking A. <laughs> to the bar. That's a take. <laughs>